the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. Have a lot to get to. Officially going to turn the page towards the Chargers. What are the keys to that win? Or maybe the keys to the loss that you would rather see because this is a Denver team that maybe it's all over for you and the season's over and you want to look towards the draft. Look, a lot to get to with that. But first, I want to talk about, well, trades. Could this team be on the move with some of these players and could this team be looking to deal a fan favorite as well, too? That's all coming up on the Broncos Blitz podcast as Zach Seegers joins me on the podcast as usual every single week. He contributes to MyLifeSports.com and some of the Broncos coverage that we do over there. You can find him on Twitter, Zach underscore Seegers. A lot of great stuff to get to today on the podcast, Zach and I. But first, talk about our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a uh, I'm skipping a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Tell you what, great place to go on over there and catch the game, whether it be Saturdays for college football or Sundays for, of course, the pros. It's going to be a great time over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skipping a jump away from Coors Field. Chef Andrea Varela, by the way, and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Head on over there to Tap 14. That's Tap 14 on the web. Tab14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me. Tab14.com. All right. Zach Seegers, uh, contributor to Mile High Sports, joins me on the podcast. I want to get to these trades first. Let's talk about the status of Von Miller. Mike Florio wrote a little piece on uh, uh, Pro Football Talk and discussed hey, should the Broncos be investigating this? This has been a lot of the discussion. Locally, I have never came out and said that the Broncos should trade Von Miller, nor do I think this is even a realistic thing because of the dead cap situation. Uh, but he is on the other side of 30 and he would draw a lot of interest. Your thoughts. I don't see the, the bonus of trading Von Miller here for the Broncos. I mean, if you trade him, you're going to need another edge across from Bradley. Sure. Right now you have a great edge rushing situation. Yes. The, the production wasn't what you wanted to see. Uh, in the first year of the operation, but it just doesn't make sense to trade Von Miller. Let's say you trade him and you get a high draft pick, or the Broncos decide to tank trade Von Miller and they end up drafting really high, top three pick. They're going to be taking Chase Young out of Ohio State, who's a really, really good pass rusher like Miles Garrett, Bradley Chubb. It might be a better prospect than Bradley Chubb. Okay, so you're not filling in another hole on this team. This team's got tons of holes, and Von Miller hasn't played great this year. He's playing an entirely different role than he's ever played in his whole career. Give him some time to adjust to it. I don't think it's time to to blow everything up yet, at least in Von Miller's case. Now, if you were to, you know, Von Miller is uh, potentially asked for in a trade and somebody wants to give you three first-round picks. Oh, then you take it. Okay, well, then the price tag is there. For Von Miller. Oh, I I wouldn't say it's a a, a no way in hell, but I, okay. I think it's a you need a Godfather like deal. You know, uh, I would think would two first round picks be be more appropriate? Would it that, depends. Would that get there. It depends who it is. You know, if we're talking the Patriots, then no. Sure. But if we're talking the Jaguars or I don't know, I'm just throwing out some kind of middling mid level teams. Uh, you may then be maybe more interested in discussing. You don't want to be the Raiders who gave up. 
Khalil Mack for a couple first round picks, and it's like, great, those are going to be in the twenties or sure, you know. So you're looking teams. for top fifteen picks, basically. They've got to be good to give up on because again, what you're going to be getting for them in the draft, and I've been looking a lot at the 2020 class, and it is stacked. So I don't think it's the worst idea to trade in Emmanuel Sanders because this class has so many just phenomenal wide receivers. And I'm really great you brought up that name because he's the next one I want to talk about, Emmanuel Sanders. This is a guy who is on pace for 92 catches, 1,000-plus yards, eight touchdowns. Now, I'm not a big on-pace guy, but that kind of shows you what kind of production extrapolated out that he is providing to the Denver Broncos. Emmanuel Sanders, this is a guy who, look, a fan favorite, I think, has been um incredible story in getting back from the torn Achilles. He looks great. He looks better, but maybe. He actually, he kind of does look better. He kind of does. Um, and, and this is a guy who I think still has a lot left in him, but certainly way on the other side of 30. And Emmanuel Sanders, look, this is a guy who, uh, his game is not catered well to uh, a massive injury like that. Look, he's 32 years old. He's going to be 33 next year. And he is a finesse wide receiver. He's never going to be able to body you. He's never going to be able to hit the jump balls. This is a guy, and that's not a discredit to him or or, or a swipe at him. He is a route running, speedy, finesse, agility wide receiver. And that can be really, really tough as you transition to be older. Because look, you just naturally, Father Time's undefeated. Okay, Father Time was undefeated, and you will naturally lose a lot of that. Uh, this should be a guy that Denver is looking to deal, yes or no? Yes, uh, he's very replaceable. You got to like what you see from Cortland Sutton. Uh, I think Tim Patrick and Jawan Winfrey are solid depth. Deshaun Hamilton's been a little bit of a disappointment. But this class, and I can't stress enough, is loaded with receiver talent. The top five, maybe six receivers in this class are better than any we've seen over the past three to four. I mean, you could be picking in, the, in like around 15, 16, get a guy like LaVisca Chenault, who looks like he could be Julio Jones level just because of how stacked yeah, his pick draft 15, is. 16. Yeah, for real. Yeah, sure. And and there's, it, it, okay, maybe you miss out on LaVisca Chenault, but then you've got C.D. Lamb, you've got T. Higgins. I This class is so loaded in receiver yeah. talent. The Broncos could get a second round right wide receiver and he might be better as a rookie than Emmanuel Sanders. Look, they're not, they're not going to get him because they're probably not going to be looking for him that high. I love Jerry Judy. Uh, Jerry Judy's game is just, they amazing. could, they could, let's say you don't trade Von Miller. This Broncos but season goes horribly wide receiver and they're that top high? four. Do you want to pick a wide receiver that high? If it's Jerry, Jerry Judy, I do. Okay. I, he's, I'm telling you, he is Odell Beckham. He is a stud. He is an absolute stud. He's fast. He can, I mean, he's, he's a legitimate four, two guy. And, and his and route running run, is incredible. And he can route run, and he's got great hands. Yeah. I mean, he's maybe not what Julio Jones was coming out of Alabama, but he's better than Amari Cooper was coming but out of Alabama. But different kind of player. Oh, too, totally well different too. kind of yeah. player. I'm just uh, saying in terms of, like, grade. Of course, talking about the uh, Broncos, and, well, like, it's unfortunate that we're talking about this because they're 0-4, but the reality is is that when you are in it, when you are a football team, when you are given certain situations, you have to take those situations and you have to evaluate the the potential good and bad with every decision. And the decision here is, are you looking towards rebuild? And I think the good decision here is to say, yes, we understand. We're punting on this first season. The 0-4 start is unfortunate. Look, and again, it's the, I think the thing that pains Broncos players, fans, and front office the most is the fact that you were in every four game, all four games. I mean, you lose on the last second field goal twice, both at home after engineering game winning drives. 
Uh, it's a one-possession game against Oakland on a game where you look super, super rusty to open the season. And against uh, Green Bay, look, you almost stole that game. It was a one-possession game till about four minutes left. So you take those three fluky turnovers. Out, absolutely. And, and look, this is a team that, unfortunately, you are what your record says you are. And the reality of the results is that they are 0-4, so maybe the smart thing is to look towards rebuilding. I want to talk about a fan favorite in Chris Harris Jr. This is a guy who many people have discussed about. Uh, our friend Mark Kisla of the Denver Post uh, uh, had a quote. Of course, that's been running around. Whether it was taken out of context or not, it was something to the realm of Chris Harris Jr. saying, I got 13 more, uh, uh, 12 more weeks left in me. You know, um, Look, I, I, I actually think that there's more of a long-term opportunity for Denver to sign Chris Harris Jr. as opposed to Emmanuel Sanders. I think Emmanuel Sanders is gone. I, I think there is a, a almost a need to deal him because... That's not a guy you probably want long-term anyways because of the injury situation. The position he plays, look, they have young talent coming up. You talked about uh, Tim Patrick. I still think there's opportunities for Deshaun Hamilton to improve on the season. But Chris Harris Jr., could you imagine this secondary without Chris Harris Jr.? I mean, we're talking about Bryce Callahan, we're talking about Isaac Yadam, and we're talking about Devontae Bosby, Duke Dawson. Yeah. Uh no thanks. Let's let's go with uh, maybe trying to re-sign Chris Harris Jr. But obviously, there's this opportunity because his value is still high. You know, for those in the bubble here who think Chris Harris Jr. is not talked about uh, nationally, that's incorrect. He's gone to the Pro Bowl for the last five years. I, I've heard multiple national talents talk about why this defense is not performing the way it is with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Chris Harris Jr. on that team. They always add Chris Harris Jr. He is widely recognized as one of the better cornerbacks in the league. So the question, to deal or not to deal? That's the question. Yes. And, yes. and here's the thing. You're saying he's got, fire sale. Yeah. Well, here's Sell the thing. The reputation, the, the, the reputation of Chris Harris Jr., and you're right, is it one of the top cornerbacks in the league. He's not playing like that this year. Uh, PFF's grading him at like a 60, as like around a 65. He's the 40-something best cornerback in sure. the league. And that's why the Broncos secondary has looked so bad is, of course, Devontae Bowsby and Isaac Yadam are being disappointments and Bryce Callahan can't get on the field. But also, Chris Harris Jr. just isn't that same elite corner that he was a year, uh, two two years ago. And maybe that's he's upset with the contract situation. Uh, maybe he's just kind of starting to go over that edge. And again, I said wide receiver talent special in this draft class. I cannot emphasize how much this or how special this draft class is it is 2011 like nfl draft special when that julio jones sure. and patrick peterson and von miller came out like so much hall of fame talent there's cornerbacks in this one like carlos henderson jeff akuda um who's the guy from virginia bryce hall it is a strong 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 secondary class wide receiver class running back class i if i was the broncos if i'm john elway I want as much capital as possible in the 2020 draft so I can kick this thing off right. And I, I am having a fire sale on any talent I don't think is especially special, and I think Von Miller falls into that. Category. Okay, interesting. Von Miller, Chris Harris Jr., Emmanuel Sanders, you're thinking, hey, if I get the right deal, deal them all. Absolutely. Deal them all. Is there any other names we should be looking out for? I know Derek Wolf's name has kind of been thrown out there. I don't think, I don't think there's particularly much interest league-wide. This is a guy who's dealt with some pretty serious injuries. He appears healthy. He's actually kind of playing like he's healthy, and 
Um, but on the other side of 32, it, Derek Wolf, is there any other names on defense maybe? You tell me. Uh, Derek Wolf definitely comes to mind. Uh, I think the concern there would be if anyone wants him. And then uh, on the offensive side, I'm thinking maybe a Jeff Hireman. I mean, he's a fairly young tight end. The injuries are a concern, but he's looked good uh, this season. He looks like a starter, and you're invested in Noah Fant and Troy Fumagall. You've got so many tight ends uh, that are near Hireman's caliber. I wouldn't have a problem trading him. And then on defense, yeah, Derek Wolf. Uh, on the back end, maybe a Will Parks, or uh, mm. a, you probably wouldn't want to trade Kareem Jackson, but I would... Yeah, I I tear this. You're thing you're so you're looking to completely rebuild then. Okay, interesting. Very good stuff. Uh, Zach Seegers, of course, contributor to MileHighSports.com. Look, uh, it's it's hard to disagree with you when the right deal comes along. Um, if they if they are getting premier draft picks for these players, that quite frankly, look, we could very much not even see them on this roster anyways at the end of next year or at the end of the year anyways. It's like, why would you not take the draft picks? You know, um, certainly could be a a deal that uh, you're looking at. And they've tried retooling and rebuilding. I mean, we saw it after the 2015 Super Bowl. We saw it in 2016, yes. 2017. As Vance hey, Joseph said, reboot. Yeah, hey, we're not going to tear this thing down. We're still good. We've still got a Super Bowl defense. Guess what? No, you don't. No, you don't. You've got to tear this thing down and start from scratch. And you've got to know what pieces can be part of that, you know, next future. But this isn't it. And I, and I don't think you've got to fire the coach, just totally tear everything down. But you need to do a, a full reboot. And look, the thing is, too, is you got to have the right people to actually build that team, too. You got to have the, the right talent for picking as well, too. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 19, 20 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into this Chargers game. Turn the page towards L.A. and the potential home game that the Denver Broncos have. That's next. So again, welcome back to the Broncos Blitz podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers at Ronnie K Radio. A lot to get to with this Chargers game. First of all, Melvin Gordon, he is back. Back again. Gordon is going to be running the rock for the Chargers. That is a big deal. Um, if you're Denver, what are the keys to get this win? Let's start with your first key. And, and yours may revolve around Melvin Gordon like mine. And that's just contain him. Look, I think this is a Melvin Gordon that actually is going to come out of the 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 gate kind of gangbusters because look, he's been sitting around doing nothing. He's healthy. You would think that um, you know, for a running back, I don't think there's going to be very much rust when mm -hmm. it comes to dealing with that. I think this is a a guy who could, you know, look, after getting gashed for 200 plus yards by Leonard Fournette, um you do not want that to be the case again. So I think stopping or more so containing Melvin Gordon is one of my big keys. I'd go even beyond that and say you got to contain the running backs because yeah, I think I think Melvin Gordon with his holdout lost himself a lot of money because he went out and Austin Eckler came in there and showed that he's either just as bit as good as Melvin Gordon, maybe a little better, or the very worst ninety percent of what Melvin Gordon is as a back. Uh, and, and and don't forget about uh, Justin Jackson either. Uh, he's their third running back, but they'll throw him in. I think he might actually be out for this game, but if if he plays. He's got incredible burst and speed and can burn the Broncos on those pass concepts and, and, and beat them to the edge. Uh, so I think you've got to be able to contain that run like you're saying. And look, when you have a quarterback like Phillip Rivers, this gives you opportunities to um, open it up because they're not going to have – this is not a one-dimensional offense where you can just put eight in the box and say, okay, we're going to stop Melvin Gordon. We're not going to let Phillip uh, – we will allow Phillip Rivers to beat us. We dare him to beat us. Yeah. 
it's very clear Philip Rivers has been able to beat teams throughout his whole entire career. He's a very talented quarterback. So this also gives opportunities for the Chargers to look less in the box. If they blow the Denver Broncos off the line like they did uh, or like they got blown off, the Broncos did, against Jacksonville, then all of a sudden we're looking at any talent running through five-yard holes, and then you're thinking to yourself, oh, boy, this this could get bad really, really quickly. So certainly not something that uh, Denver does not want to be a part of. What is your second key to the game? My second key to the game is... What's Malik Reed gonna do to Trent Scott? He's I'm not so worried about Von Miller on Sam Tevy. I mean, that's maybe the worst tackle in the entire league. I think Von Miller will be able to handle him. But Trent Scott's also a weak tackle. This is gonna be the easiest it'll get for Malik Reed in the Broncos pass rush without Bradley Chubb. What does this unit look like without those guys? Is gonna be very important and very interesting to see. Well, and look, that's a lot of production, not only on the pass rush, but in the run game. That you've lost. I mean, Bradley Chubb was arguably their better run defender, if not best, on the team. I'd and say he, now that's a gaping hole. He might have been the best player on the team. Yeah. For as much as uh, you know, we love Von Miller, he was thoroughly outplaying Von Miller through four games. He looked like the Broncos hit a home run on that. Well, play. look, this was one of those guys that um, you know, uh, our friend Ryan O'Halloran of uh, the Denver Post, you know, when he was talking about his power ranking, said the Broncos just lost their best player in Bradley Chubb. He was the only one with a quarterback hit through three games, records a sack in the fourth game, and then in just a tough, gritty, uh, what we eventually find out, a torn ACL, I mean, continues to play. He's pretty darn good in that final drive. Uh, this is a very versatile guy, somebody who uh, is going to be definitely missed for the Denver Broncos, certainly. Uh, I, I'm going to particularly zero in on the linebackers in general, and I feel like I've talked about the linebackers every single game. Look, Josie Jewell, a big, big deal for him if he can go. He's dealing with the hammy. Uh, Todd Davis, you know, I, I I like Todd Davis, a good guy, but got to see more play from Todd Davis. It's somebody who is playing such a critical role in the defense that he is trying to execute. So there's a lot to um, make up lost ground for with this Broncos defense. In A, they just haven't been playing well. B, it seems like, uh, they haven't truly gelled to the scheme, and then now see they're dealing with uh, the loss of Bradley Chubb. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just tag the linebackers all together. They need to see critical play because again, they're they're going to be facing a team that loves to run wheel routes. Phillip Rivers can absolutely drop dimes, nice touch passes, and then on top of that, Melvin Gordon is back, and now you're dealing with a full fledged run game that can run you over for 200 yards, so certainly going to be a big key. Uh, lastly, my third key, and, and look, this one is is a key that you could probably list every single week. It's kind of one of the more John Madden-esque keys, but score points. Continue to pour, put points on the board. Uh, this is a team that if they score 24, 27, you are going to be in that ball game every single time. It's the 14, 16 point outputs that could lead to the double digit losses that look a little bit worse than they actually were. But the ones against like Green Bay, where look against Aaron Rodgers, he kind of felt like, man, I just don't know if they're going to dig out of this. You know, where if you're in this situation where maybe it's who's last to get the ball, um, although I suppose if you're Denver, maybe you don't want to be last to get the ball or <laughs> whatever may be the case. Who knows? Um, but score points and, and put points up on the board because now you are demanding the Chargers to answer you. You're asking them to throw a little bit more. I think this is a better 
defense for Denver to be facing when Phillip Rivers is actually throwing the ball, which is kind of crazy to say because they got a lot of space in that secondary that uh, they got a lot of talent in that secondary that maybe they could finally just make a play and get that first turnover of the year. So I'm going to go with uh, the John Madden thinking here, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to say just score more points, guys. Well, I'm, I'm glad you uh, brought up the Packers game in reference to that because my third key is play this game like you did the Packers game. Mm. Yeah, I know that was one of their bigger point differential losses, but guess but what? Again, they should have quarterback. Yeah, against a great quarterback. They were in the and game. they should have won that game. Forget in it. They should have won it if, you know, Flacco, if Elijah Wilkinson, when he jumps on that fumble, recovers it. If Noah Fant doesn't give the ball to Jair Alexander. If when the ball slips out of Flacco's hand, his forearm doesn't perfectly knock it into the hands of Jair Alexander. I mean, that's a game they should have won, and they have the talent uh, on defense to do it. You have to play ball control football. This team's strength, even though the defense hasn't played like it yet, is the run game and the defense. Against the Jaguars, they got up. They were up 14 points, and they ran the ball, I think it was 16 times if you can uh, include a carry by Joe Mm -hmm. Flacco. They gave it to Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay 15 times in in the game where they had the lead for the longest amount of time. That's inexcusable. This is a running team. No team should be able to come back from down 14 because they should just take the air out of the football and just suffocate opposing teams. Uh, I think it's it's crazy that you would have such a strength and you knew was your strength and you're scared to use it. Yeah. Scared. uh, Yeah. Maybe scared is the best way to describe it. It's crazy. I, I just don't get it. I I mean, maybe there was this thought process of, Hey, we want to step on the throats of the opponent. Um, And maybe that was good thinking because they ended up not doing that. But you also have to understand, you know, there's this quality of this Denver Broncos running attack that is so, so strong. When so, you have the lead, when you have the lead, when you're up 17, three, yeah. when you're up 17, six, and yet not tapping into it was just a mistake or even three, nothing, you know, and, and you can yeah, still lean on the run, nothing. The, the pass game, get a lead on the chargers, get, take the kickoff, march down the field, have a strong script, get three, seven points, get something and then go defense, hold it for us. And, and we're going to go back to the running game when they just ran it down the Packers throat. Guess what? The Packers defense, the Packers defensive front is better than the Chargers minus Melvin Ingram. I, I'd run it right at him and uh, ball control football. Try to All right. How does this game play out? Uh, how do you uh, see this one coming? Uh, I, I assume you want the Broncos almost to lose in this sense, which is a strange situation for them to be in as uh, we haven't even played the October game yet, the October week in the NFL. Um, but how do you see the game playing out? You think Denver can steal a game that... <laughs> We mentioned this before. It's basically at home. I mean, this is going to be a home game for them. I think in LA, it will be a kind of a home game. But I, I don't see it happening. I mean, they're just. I, I think it's kind of with Vance Joseph. Sometimes you kind of felt just the energy get sucked out of the locker room, and I think those crushing three crushing losses like that in a row has kind of taken there out of the football for the Broncos. I don't think they have enough fight to come in and, and steal a game from a team as, as talented as the, as the chargers are. I say chargers win this one. Uh, I don't think it's a blowout, but I think it's convincing and clear that they're kind of like the Raiders game. I'd say 27, 13. I don't know why, but I just, this just feels like one of those games. The Broncos are going to win. This just feels like one of those games. The Broncos are going to win, uh, go on the road against a team. I think there is a lot to be said for the Broncos recognizing who they're playing. 
They know exactly how to beat Phillip Rivers. They know his tendencies. Many of these defensive players have played against Phillip Rivers for 10, 12, 15 times. And, and maybe that sense of familiarity and more so uh, containment in the pocket, self-containment, could be a huge deal for the Broncos. Look, Gardner Minshew ran around like crazy, eluded tacklers, and uh, uh, made some great plays. Credit to him. Made some great plays. Aaron Rodgers doing much of the same. You've never seen uh, uh, these two in, in a long, long time. you know. And, and quite frankly, in the fact of Gardner Minshew, we're all figuring out real time what this Gardner Minshew guy has. Um, I, I think the familiarity is a big deal. I don't think the Chargers are as good as many people think. The addition of Melvin Gordon's a different story, and certainly that could be the backbreaker for Denver. So I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to go 23-17. I, I think this is going to be one of those games where Denver finally gets off the schneid, and everybody's going to complain about it because we're like, well, they're just supposed to be losing now. What the <laughs> heck? So um, certainly going to be interesting to see how this team um, well reacts to an 0-4 start, as Derek Wolf put it in the locker room post game. Uh, he said, basically, hey, this adversity is going to pull us apart or bring us together. One of the two, and, and I'm going to go with bringing them together. I think this is a team that can um, beat the Chargers in a virtual home game, and then we're going to be asking next week, it's like, okay, well, are they still rebuilding, or what are we doing here? <laughs> so could be interesting. Zach, where can they follow you on Twitter? What do you have coming up? They can find me at Zach underscore Seegers on Twitter. That's Zach with a C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And then right now I'm working on looking at, because this Broncos season is going so bad, what kind of players they could take if they're picking in the three, uh, top three. Who are the top tackles in this class? Maybe uh, Andrew Walker out of Georgia. Uh, maybe should they take Jerry Judy? Uh, should they take a Chase Young? Looking at all that. All righty. Of course, you can check that out at mylifesports.com. You can follow me on Twitter as well, too, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter, where we are all done for the podcast. Appreciate you listening. Of course, if you want to catch up on more Broncos audio, more Broncos interviews, more Broncos discussion, debates, breaking news, check that out at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. And, of course, the all-new MileHighSports mobile app that's free for Apple and Android. A lot of great stuff over there. Be sure to check it out. Not only Zach's work, but of course, uh, Rich's, Doug's, Nate's, uh, myself. A lot of great stuff over there at milehighsports.com. All done for the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with our uh, preview of the Chargers game and uh, continue on. And well, hopefully we'll see. Zach, not as optimistic. <laughs> Something about my gut. I don't know. Just says that they're going to beat the Chargers this week. And then we're going to come back on Monday and be like, why did they win that game? Oh, boy. Lucy, Lucy can only pull out the football so many times. <laughs> you know. uh, that's it for the Broncos Blitz podcast. We are all done. You can check out more work for the Broncos Blitz podcast in the archives there at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. See you, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast. <laughs>